You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward. That's Spencer Holbrook and Jeremy Birmingham. This is the Buyer's Auto Practice Report. Um... Practice, practice reaction, practice reaction, rapid report. I'm not sure what exactly to call it, but I do know that it is brought to you by Buyers Auto. Uh, spring camp is over. Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson, and Kerry Combs uh, taking some time to wrap up what happened over those 15 practices as the Buckeyes head into the summer offseason. The players have a couple of weeks off. They'll be back in May. Um, but as we go through this now, Berm, I think, I, I mean, there's no other place to start but the quarterbacks. And uh, newsflash, nothing has changed since Saturday. Yeah, nothing has changed. Nothing is going to change. Ryan Day even skirted the question of when does he think he would have a starting quarterback picked because there's no point in in asking those questions right now. There's no point in him trying to answer them because things really are are so up in the air. His answer was, we're going to make sure they're all ready to go at all times. And and I suppose that's what you have to say. Um, Clearly, the Buckeyes are leaving spring practice with some questions and quarterback is going to be the biggest one that people are asking about, but we're going to keep saying the same thing for the next five months. Like nothing's changing until somebody rolls out there against Minnesota. I think it, he was a little bit more clear about this because a couple of weeks ago, I think people misinterpreted what he was saying about the length of the battle when he wanted to name somebody that it could go beyond, you know, the opener against Minnesota. They're not going to uh, go into September 2nd without a starting quarterback. That's There's not going to be a, we'll figure this out as Ohio State goes. Um, you, you Actually, you can't do that. If you're going on the road to play a Big Ten game and you have Oregon uh, in week two, that, that's not a time to sort through things or let two guys play or flip a coin and, and alternate series. That's not going to happen. And I think he was more clear about that for anyone who uh, – you know, tried to suggest that it could go into the start of the season. That's not going to be the way this works. And he did say the sooner that you can do that in August, the better off Ohio State will be because you want that guy to be getting reps and preparing to be the starter, not trying to evaluate two or three people into late August. That's, I think you'll see somebody by, I'll just say, August 15th. I think that's pretty fair. And, you know, the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you actually have none. If, if, if they're not confident enough in one certain guy by the middle of August, late August, then you start to wonder, you know, why? Why it hasn't a guy emerged? Who's not stepping up and being a leader? Are all these guys, you know, uh, capable of doing everything that they ask a quarterback, not just from a physical standpoint, but from everything that is asked of an Ohio State quarterback? And so I think I think you're exactly right. The August 15th date is something that, that I have had marked since he, you know, basically said, we're not naming a quarterback until August. I think that's a pretty fair date to have. And now you just, you go into the summer and you expect these guys will probably have some reps with wide receivers and seven on seven stuff that they put together on their own. And then the summer workout drills, and then you just see how things go because they're not going to name one right now. There's, there's really no point in, in, you know, beating the dead horse. Yeah. To Austin's point, they're not going to wait until 
you know, the season happens or go into the season with these questions. But I also don't think there's going to be some sort of coronation, you know, or some sort of call to arms where all of the the 17 families of Ohio State football meet and, you know, have a, a white smoke come out of a building and like we've named our quarterback. Like, I don't think anything like that's going to happen. But clearly we all have a, a, a pretty strong inclination that CJ Stroud enters the summer as the the front runner and the guy that it's sort of up to CJ to not lose that starting spot is the way that I'm seeing it through here. And I think it's interesting that Kevin Wilson said it today that they're all kind of the same. And unlike the last decade plus of Ohio state football, where you had very contrasting styles of quarterbacks, where you had a, a Cardell Jones or a JT Barrett who were very different or Justin Fields and anybody or Dwayne Haskins and, and Tate Martell, like very different styles. These guys are all pretty similar. So the offense doesn't have to do much uh, adjusting. It's really about who grasps this offense the best between now and August. I think that's also one reason why there's been a lot of, you know, Kyle McCord, I think so vastly exceeded expectations for what an early enrollee could do in the spring game. But it was, I think it's important to remember how simplified what he was doing was on Saturday. And I think that's one reason why when there's this push, like you know, maybe he'll, beat out CJ, or if, if it's even, you play the younger guy. He has a lot, a lot to catch up on. Even if CJ Stroud, uh, you know, was doing a lot virtually last year and not throwing any passes in actual games, one year as virtually every quarterback that we've ever covered who's worked with Ryan Day will tell you that's an incredible base of knowledge that you need to acquire in year one. I'm not, and I, I'm still not saying that Kyle, Moore, Kyle McCord cannot do that, or even that he's maybe ahead of it. Gunnar Hoke was saying that earlier this week on, on the Tim May podcast, uh, which was a really insightful conversation as somebody who's been through this. But this is not a, an easy offense to learn, no matter how Justin Fields may have made it look in her, his first year. But what you gain you know, just through 12 months of being in that system, being coached by Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson, Corey Dennis, and going into a second year, it's dramatic. And I think that, that will be hard uh, for Kyle McCord to make up. I just keep thinking back to when Dwayne Haskins was was lighting up the Big Ten and Ryan Day made the comment. I think, you know, only a certain percentage of the playbook they even had installed. And that was when Dwayne Haskins was in year two or three of the program. And then you look at, you know, C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller. The more we get into this, you start to realize just how big of an advantage they did have with that one year. Because Kyle McCord can get up to speed with everything they they do. But the nuances of the playbook, the nuances of the offense, you know, that kind of stuff, you can't just learn as quickly. It, it takes time. And I think that's why, you know, I think that's why we all think C.J. Stroud has the leg up because he just he has been in the program for a year he understands what's going on he understands maybe the nuances of the offense a little more with ryan day and he understands how ryan day operates a little more and i think the biggest thing is that he understands that what a big 10 defense looks like on film uh, and right now the other guys don't and, and uh, you know kyle mccord doesn't jack miller hasn't played in any of the the bigger games yet for ohio state you know cj stroud was the guy that got the call when the things happened in clemson and it's just to me, I just think that there is so much more to learn for all all these young guys, the 15 early enrollees, that you want to really be careful not to let your expectations run too wild based on what we saw in the spring game. And that goes for McCord, that goes for Marvin Harrison, that goes for Trey Henderson, Jack Sawyer, down the line. I mean, I think that there's, there's a lot of growth that has to happen, a lot. And that is uh, particularly true on the defensive side at linebacker. Uh, Berm, you asked Kerry Combs. I guess that's not going to be a permanent move for Rowan McCullough into the lineup there. I think when I when I think about this and, and hear the coaching staff talk about it, 
I'm not sure they're as panicked as, you know, you would think that they might be about the linebacker depth. Um, for one reason, they're going to get Dallas Gant back in the summer and be ready for training camp. So you add that one more body in there. But also, I think the, the move towards using the bullet position more frequently. I mean, they went so far as to even put it down on paper for the rosters last week, which is a step they hadn't even taken in those first couple of years of talking about this position where we wondered if it was real. But if you count Craig Young and Ronnie Hickman in that mix as as you know outside linebackers uh, slash defensive backs, well, then that does change a little bit the, the numbers. But there's got to be some part of them that is still a little bit concerned about the lack of experience and the numbers that they have in that group. Yeah, there better be. There better be. Yeah, go ahead, Berm. I mean, I, I think there's there's still some concern there, but, you know. Well, I mean, if you look at it, you look at – this is why Ohio State recruits the way it does. It's re recruiting guys like Craig Craig Young, who are that six foot two, 225-pound guy who can run a 4-5 because they have they, – they realize, and this was talked about a little bit by Kerry Combs, and the game is changing. They're trying to ad adapt to a, a style of offense that is more pass-first now, and so you need to have more versatile guys. But you also need to have guys that are willing and able to be physical, and so I think that – the the versatility part is very important here. I think it's pretty clear that from a linebacker perspective, even when Dallas Gantt comes back, you don't know exactly where he fits. He played a lot in the Mike spot last year when he was on the field. Taraja Mitchell, as like a, I've said a few times, had a pretty large brace on his knee throughout the end of spring ball. And I didn't think that in the spring game he looked like he was able to move laterally um, as well as he would like to. So you don't know what's going to happen there. If you get fortunate and hit a home run in the transfer portal with Henry Tooto maybe coming in, then you have some more flexibility. But Tooto is not a, a guy that um, is going to come right in and know the defense. So there's going to be a learning curve there. And um, I think you just got to play your best athletes and get your best players on the field. And I think when Court Williams is healthy, then maybe you have even more flexibility to move Craig Young back around and or play him at the same spot and keep Court Williams on, on the field. There's just a lot of things they can do when you have – 11 really good players on the field, you can do a lot of different things. I think one of the biggest things that I see from the linebacker bullet, whatever you want to call it is, you know, I like to use this, this uh, comparison a lot. The floor is, is at a certain baseline when you have the talent that Ohio State has a linebacker, when you have Taraja Mitchell, Dallas Gantt, um, Cody Simon, all of those guys, the floor is, is kind of set and you know, it's that, that you can only be with, for lack of a better term, so bad but but it's that's not the, the point i'm getting at it's the ceiling so who gives you the best ceiling on this team is it having a bullet on the field is it cody simon is it mitchell melton when he comes back is it the the veteran guys or is it the younger guys and i think that's something that they need to sort through i think that's why they might not be as panicked as we we think they maybe should be because they just know the baseline of how talented these guys are now you figure out who has the big who gives the defense the highest ceiling and then you can go from there and start to try and win a national championship because that's what the ceiling is yeah, and I think that there's probably a very good chance that Ohio State's not playing with more than two linebackers on the field, true linebackers, or at least identified that way uh, on their depth chart roster uh, moving forward into this new age. With We've been talking about the bullet for a while, and I think that we're actually going to see what that multiple-looking defense does look like for Ohio State this fall. Anything else, Berm, that caught your attention? Uh, I think the biggest thing to me is that this all three of these guys we talked to today with Ryan Day with Kevin Wilson and Kerry Combs there was a lot of optimism coming out of spring and they I don't know if it's just because they're feeling so good that things went smoothly that it was all so somewhat back to normal that 
the COVID stuff is, is seemingly under control. Um, but, you know, they, they didn't seem to have a lot of concerns. I think that it's pretty clear Kerry Combs feels really good about the secondary when everyone's back and healthy, uh, especially with the additions of Jordan Hancock and J.K. Johnson this summer. And um, clearly the, the linebacker situation is going to be one that's up in the air like the quarterback is on the offensive side of the ball, especially until we figure out a, a final answer on toe toad. Spencer? I, I think I'm good. I just think that the only thing else that I took away from the press conference was every coach mentioned reps. And I think Kerry Combs set the record for the most times using the word reps in a single press conference. They're very pleased that they just got this spring in and then they were able to get all of these young guys up to speed with where they should be in year two <laughs> compared to where they were last year when they were doing everything virtual. I think reps was the key to the spring. They got that done. Now they can go start to build to win a national championship. He had the number handy. He knew that Ryan Watts had taken 500 spring reps. So I don't think that that's a coincidence that he knew that or that he brought up that particular player, uh, especially as Burn was talking about that growing confidence there in the secondary. Uh, some time off coming for the Buckeye spring camp is in the rearview mirror. They have put a bow on it. The coordinators and, and Ryan Day both uh, wrapping it up. There will be a little bit of a, a delay now until the next time that we talk uh, to the Buckeyes. But we're going to keep covering Ohio State all summer and all year, as we always do at Letterman Row. That's Spencer Holbrook and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. This has been Something, brought to you by Byers Auto. Stay with us for full coverage of the Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com.